0: You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wubi, Director of Torch, Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. What an amazing day today is. Today, all right, we're going to get to Sukkot in a minute, but today is the day that follows Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the most awesome day of the year. Yom, Yom Kippur is the day where we can come in with all of our baggage and leave with none of it. It's really a, a remarkable day of transformation, a time where we really have a clean slate. But let's step back a little bit and let's see what's what's the history of what's going on over here. So you know Moshe Rabbeinu went to Har Sinai, Klal Yisrael was standing around Har Sinai, and we have Shavuos. We didn't receive the Torah in Shavuos. What we received was a beautiful relationship with Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Shemayim and 40 days later comes back with the God-given Luchos. He comes down, what does he see? It's Shavasa He sees an Cheta Ego. He sees they're bowing down to a golden calf. He takes those God-given Luchos and he breaks them. Moshe Rabbeinu now has to clean up everything with the whole mess of what's going on in Kla Yisrael. He starts a new Kirov organization, right? It's TORCH, the, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Har Sinai. And he, that's it. Guys, we have to do tshuva. We have to do tshuva. And 40 days later is Rosh Chodesh Elul. And he goes back up to Shemayin. And he says, Kla is ready... They've done tshuva. They're ready to receive another set of luchas. And Moshe Rabbeinu gets a chisel and a hammer, and he starts chiseling out the new luchos. Just by the way, you know, when Klal was leaving Mitzrayim, everyone took the spoils from Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu was busy doing other things. Moshe Rabbeinu got wood that they're going to need for the mishkan. Moshe Rabbeinu went to get... Yosef's bones out of the out of out of the uh, the Nile River. Moshe Rabbeinu was busy taking care of Medrash. Talks about several things that Moshe Rabbeinu had to collect. He wasn't busy taking spoils, see, he missed out. Everyone's looting the Mitzrayim's homes, taking their watches and taking their clothes and taking all the uh, all of the fancy stuff that they wanted to. But Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have a chance to do that. Hashem says, "You're going to get from the sapphire." of the luchas that you're chiseling out you get those shards those pieces it's much more valuable than everything Klai Yisrael got it's a, a payment that he gets for it but 40 days later is Yom Kippur and Hashem teaches Moshe Rabbeinu of the 13 Midos which we said yesterday multiple times Hashem Hashem Kelrahu, Machanun. this is what Hashem taught Moshe he says, whenever you're in a problem, whenever you've made a mistake, just pull on this Hashem. Hashem, you taught us these unbelievable 13 midos of mercy, of rachamim, and that will bring Hashem's mercy, and you will be forgiven of your sins. Hashem forgives us for what? Because you asked. You asked? You're forgiven. That's why, not because you deserve it, but you asked. You came and you asked. So what happens if I wake up today, the morning after Yom Kippur, and I was a little, I was a little uh, numb to the reality of Yom Kippur? I didn't realize it was a time of asking for forgiveness. I didn't realize it was a time to seek atonement. And now it's day after Yom Kippur. What do I do now? I didn't say, Vayom I was busy thinking about the food I was going to eat, breaking the fast. I was busy saying, I'm tired. I was busy saying, it's not it's not a fun Yom So now what do I do? It's the day after Yom Kippur. And Rabbi Wolbe is speaking at TG and I'm thinking to myself, uh-oh, what do I do now? So... Hashem is so merciful. He gives us so many opportunities. Endless opportunities. So we have Rosh Hashanah. What happens on Rosh Hashanah? On Rosh Hashanah our decree is written. On Yom Kippur our decree is sealed. Is anybody here that seals the envelope inside the mailbox? No. You seal the envelope inside your house. And then you put it by the door and you say, oh, when I go to the mailbox, I'll I'll put it out. And sometimes it's, you forget it for a day or two or three, and it's just sitting there. So we actually have, till Hashanah Rabbah. Hashanah Rabbah is the last day of Yom HaDin, because that's the day it gets dropped in the mailbox. Where you can still open up that envelope and change the degrees. So all is not lost, and if someone didn't utilize Yom Kippur, or if someone utilized Yom Kippur, but wants to utilize it even more, there's still a great opportunity. But something doesn't make sense. We suddenly have Sukkot. It doesn't either make sense that we only have one Yom Tif on in Nisan, only one Yom Tif in Iyar, which is lago right? but we also have only one Yom Tif in Sivan, which is Shroos, and then we have three Yom Tovim in Tishrei. Just like it's... Spread them out a little bit. We have 12 months of the year. Just spread them out. No. We don't spread them out. Why? Because Sukkot is the perfection of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah we say, Hashem, give me a great year. Give me a great year. Okay, why should I give you a great year? Because you asked. No problem. I'll give you a great year. And... I'm sorry about what I did last year. That's what we have Yom Kippur for. Hashem first gives us, no problem, I'm going to give you a great year. I'm going to say I'm sorry about the last year. So we have Yom Kippur. But then what? Now we have the opportunity to demonstrate that we're for real. We have the opportunity to demonstrate that we're going to change in this new year and we're going to make it special. So let's think for a second. Why did we make our mistakes? Why did we have sins? Why do we need to even ask for forgiveness? Because every single human being has the same problem. If you look throughout all of the Nevi'im, if you look throughout all of Tanakh, you will find that there's the same theme time and again. And the theme is as follows. Klal does good, they get good. Klal Yisroel does bad, they get bad. But it always goes in that pattern. Always goes in that pattern. Klal are at the lowest level in the They start doing tshuva. Kodesh Baruch takes them out there at Sinai, Then they get comfortable. right? They're like, oh, this is amazing. This is so great. And they have the chet ego. And then they do tshuva again. And then they have so many other ups and downs and ups and downs. We human beings have ups and downs. That's normal. That's natural. Anybody who's ever seen an EKG? Anybody know an echocardiogram? Anybody familiar with that? You know how that works? It goes up and down, up and down. That's the way your heart works. It goes up and down, up and down. What's if it just goes straight? it just flatlines, you're dead. Right? Normal human beings have ups and downs. That's the way life is. So it's very normal. Comes Yom Kippur and we say, Hashem, please forgive us for our sins. Right? We have the opportunity of Sukkot to demonstrate how we're going to take a step in the right direction. The biggest challenge we have is comfort. Okay, does anybody here remember the first time, the first time you sent a text message? Now most of you were born already when text messaging existed, but I remember when the fax machine came out. You guys don't even know what a fax is, right? You know anybody who knows what a fax is? Everybody? Yeah? Okay. Anybody who does not know what a fax is? Okay, so let me tell you what a fax is. It's the most incredible technology. I remember it was 1986, and my father came home. We were living in Brooklyn, New York, and my father said, guys, you have to see this. This is the most amazing thing. And he got two fax machines, one for, one for us and one for my grandfather, Sholem of Oba, in Eretz Yisrael. And that way we can send him letters. And we put the fax, we put the paper in, and we clicked the phone number, and we clicked fax. And it made all these noises, and then... We called Eretz and said, did you get the facts?" And they got the paper printed out by them in Eretz Yisroel. It was like the most amazing thing. And we were like, I can't believe it. This is the greatest thing. And then I remember when the car phone came out. It looked like a giant cinder block. Okay. It was really fancy. You had a phone and you could call. You didn't need to be attached to a wire that it was all curled up. And it was like, you don't even know what I'm talking about. You're like, what? Right. All of these things day and I remember the first time I sent an email it was the most incredible thing I can't believe it here I am in New York and I can send someone in Florida an email they got it in a second really remarkable we have all of this awe this excitement anybody remember the first time they had their own phone so there were a whole bunch of phones there in that uh, safe right remember the first time you had got your phone right you were excited right Are you still excited about that phone? No, we're not excited about our phone. And we're sometimes upset that it doesn't work fast enough. That it's like something wrong. I have to get a new phone. I have to get the new iPhone. Why do we have that? Why do we get into a state where everything becomes old quickly? Because we get into what's known as habit. We get into a redundancy where every single day we have things we like, we have things. And by the way, this is causing big problems today in this generation where kids are less happy. You know why they're less happy? They're less happy because they're less thankful. You know, David HaMelech made a takana. David HaMelech made a takana that we should say a hundred brachos every day. Why do we say a hundred brachas every day? You say birchas for you say Shmon right? And then you say a few Asha yatsars, you say a few brachas for uh atilas and a few birchas uh, Hamazon, and al Bar-Nafashos. You have about a hundred brachas a day. You're supposed to try to make an effort to get to a hundred. Why? Because we need reminders. A bracha doesn't mean that you only say thank you to Hashem. It means that you realize that you're blessed. It means that you realize that you got a bracha from Hashem. You were able to drink a coffee. You were able to drink your your, smoothie. Yeah, the smoothie, right? You thank Hashem. You thank Hashem that you have a smoothie. Thank you, Hashem. If a person doesn't say thank you, they're going to be miserable. Guaranteed. You show me a person who's grateful, and I will show you the happiest person in the world. I once went to Yerushalayim right when I got married. My in-laws said, oh, you're moving to Yerushalayim, so my wife and I. So they said, we want you to go deliver a check, a donation, to a real hush of tzaddik in Yerushalayim. Now, I think they did it just because they wanted us to see what a real tzaddik was like him, like this, like this incredible man. So we're trying to find where this house is and we're looking, and if you just blinked your eye, you missed the door, because it was such a small door, and a little rickety uh, staircase to get up, and it was a tzaddik who lived there with his wife, and his bed- bedroom and kitchen was about this size. That was the house. That was it. And you'd think, like, they must be miserable. So sad to live in such a, such a small house. I'm not kidding, I'm not exaggerating. It was about this size. And he pulls out this little chair and I sit down and he was like, his face was beaming with joy. Beaming with joy. I, I never seen such a happy person. You know why he was so happy? Not because he has cars and not because he has so many gadgets and so much clothes but because he was thankful. He realized that every second of life is a gift. He wasn't living in a world of materialism. Okay, so sukkahs. Why are we sitting in a sukkah? Because what is a sukkah? A sukkah is when we get out of our house. We go into a sukkah. We go into a temporary dwelling. We're surrounded. Hazal tell us, we're surrounded by Ananiya kavod We're surrounded by the clouds of glory We're living in a world where we recognize and start appreciating what we have inside our house. Because what puts us down? What gets us sad? What gets us to live a life of redundancy, of habit? is when we have the comforts of our home. So for seven days, we start our year after Yom Kippur, after we do tshuva, after we ask for forgiveness. We say we've been carried away. We've been losing our focus. We immediately get out of our house now. And we go into a temporary dwelling. We go into our sukkah. And you know what? The sukkah, especially in Houston, is not always so pleasant. It can sometimes be very hot. Welcome to Houston. And in New York, it's freezing cold. And it's not always so pleasant. And everyone wants to run back into the house. Oh, suddenly you're starting to appreciate the house. You're suddenly starting to appreciate. You're starting to take less for granted, what you take for granted every day. The purpose of Sukkis is to get us into a new reality where we suddenly appreciate how good we have it. I just tell people that you start appreciating your car when it breaks down. When you go into your car and you put the key in the in the ignition and you turn it and it goes... I have a doctor's appointment, I have a meeting, I have so many places to go to, I can't do this, I can't do that. You call Haverim, Haverim comes and you hear that engine start. You're like, ah, what a great joy. Why don't I feel that way every day? Because we take it for granted. We should feel that every day. Every day we wake up and we open up our eyes, there's a bracha to say, Ivrim. thank you, Hashem, for giving me the ability to see. And if we live life like that, thanking Hashem for every single gift and all of Pesukah deZimra, is singing the praises of Hashem. Every part of tefillah. It's not a drag, it shouldn't be a drag. Oh, I have to say all this? No, you have the privilege to say it. You have the privilege to acknowledge your relationship with Hashem. You have a privilege to say thank you in the form of Baruch Atah, straight. Hashem, I'm talking straight to you. Not through an intermediary. You're not asking someone to relay information to you, to Hashem. You can talk. Hashem speaks to us face to face. You don't need intermediaries. You don't need to ask your mora or your rabbi to, 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 to daven for you. In other religions, they have that. So we have this time of simcha. And then we do something which no other religion in the world does. We dance with the Torah. We dance with a book. Who dances with a book? You ever see someone take Harry Potter and start dancing with Harry Potter? No. You see someone dancing with the Quran. You see someone dancing with the Christian Bible, but you see Kal dances with the Torah. And we dance like we're going crazy because we are the luckiest people on earth. We have the manual. We have, it tells us exactly. You ever see a baby born with a manual, a little manual, it's holding a little manual in its hand? It says, here's how you should raise me. No, there's no such thing. When a, a couple gets married, is there a little book that's given to them under the chuppah of this is how you should have a successful marriage? No. But Ka Yisrael has one. It's called the Torah. And the Torah tells us every single thing you can imagine in the world is in the Torah. And Torah includes Torah Shabbat Shav and Torah Al Peh in the Mishnah and in the Gemara and in the Midrashim. You have everything you can possibly imagine. There's no discovery in the world. And by the way, there's never been an invention. There's only been discoveries, because everything was already embedded into creation, right? They didn't invent telephones and cell phones. It was always here. In the time of Moshe Rabbeinu at our Sinai, that technology was there. It wasn't discovered yet. And there are going to be many more discoveries, I'm sure. But it's all the gift that's in. If you look in the Torah, you'll find everything. There's no scientific revelation that wasn't already in the Torah. Everything's in the Torah. We have it. It's ours. It's something we need to realize is the greatest gift in the world. It's not a book of rules. It's not a book of history. It's a book of life. It's giving you guidance for life. I tell my students who are considerably older, probably sometimes two or three or four or five times your age, I tell them, take a a moment, out of your week, every week, and just read the Torah. Just read it. It's in English. You can get a stone additional of Chumash. Just read the Torah. It's your Torah. It doesn't belong to the rabbis. It doesn't belong to the yeshiva bacharim. It doesn't belong to the scholars and tamid e Chachamim. It belongs to each and every one of you. It's your Torah. Hashem gave it at Har Sinai for who? For you. For you. For each and every one of us. And that's what we celebrate. Sukkis. Is the time we say Yom Seinu. It's the time of our Simcha. Why? Because we let go of everything. We don't need to be in the comfort of our home. We realize that happiness doesn't. We don't need all of the luxuries we have in our home to be happy. We don't need that. We can be happy without it. And now that we have it, we can be even more happy. It's an amazing thing that a hundred years ago is that, okay. I'm going to make an assumption here. Does anybody here only have one pair of shoes? Anybody only have one pair of shoes? Show of hands. Okay, anybody here only have two pairs of shoes? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, right? So it's an amazing thing. You know that people used to have in their lifetime two pairs of shoes, one as a child, one as an adult, and that was it. We can't be living lives. No variety. And today we have so many. We have such an abundance And yet, we're not happier. This generation's not happier. Not because we don't have. It's because we don't think. We don't appreciate. That's the problem. Sukkot is a time where we say thank you. We say thank you, we leave our homes, we go into the sukkah, and it's not so comfortable. We're like, ah, Hashem, thank you for giving us a beautiful home with air conditioning, with lights, with all the comforts we need. It's a time to say thank you. And we take that thank you, we take the rule and the esrach, and we shake it in all four directions. We're acknowledging that Hashem is everywhere. We're acknowledging that everything that we have is a tremendous gift. And if we live life understanding that it's a gift, we're living a full and rich life. If we live life being ingrateful, not recognizing the good that we have, we're living a miserable life. So, there is so much beauty in sukkahs. Sukkahs, just take the time to appreciate, to acknowledge. And then, Simchostura. Torah, everyone should be dancing. We should be dancing at the rooftops of our homes every day that we were born part of the Jewish people. Every day. Asher bachar Banu Mikal Amen. God chose us. We also chose God. But he chose us. Of all the nations of the world, he chose the Jewish people to be his chosen people. And we feel it with joy. We feel it with pride. Ah! Of all the people. Of all the people that Hashem could have chosen, he chose us. So we need to utilize every day. We have so much to be grateful for. That's the purpose of Sukkot. It's a time to demonstrate physically that we're not going to get caught up. So I actually thought, this has been an idea I've been saying for years and years. And last night, I was listening to a share from my Rebbe, may live and be well, Rebbe Yitzhak Rukwitz, and he said the exact same thing. He said, that we have to recognize That all of the gifts that we have, we have to take the time. Sukkah is a time of happiness. Happiness equals gratitude. If you're grateful, you'll be happy. If you're ingrateful, the options are limited. All right? Have an amazing Sukkah. Thank you so much for inviting me. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.